Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One important theme in Ursula K. Le Guin's novel, A Wizard of Earthsea, that might be easily overlooked as something just ancillary, kind of extra or helping along the plot, is the friendship between two of the characters. One of them, the main character, Sparrowhawk or Ged, and the other one, the slightly older person that he meets at the Isle of Roke and becomes deep friends with, Vetch or Astariel, his true name. And you might easily overlook this because it's not something that is thematized throughout the entire work. As a matter of fact, a lot of what Ged is doing is moving from place to place to place, staying only so long as he has to, starting out at Gaunt where he's a child and then studies under Ogeon, then he's sent to Rope. There's the terrible catastrophe there. He gets sent out to the 90 Isles where he confronts the dragon. He goes north to Oskil, back to Roke again, and then starts traveling around trying to hunt down his shadow. And only when we get to the Isle of Ismay does does Vetch, his great friend, come back into the story again. But if we look at this relationship, it's probably, I mean, I don't want to say that it's the only super deep friendship or relationship. There's also Ogion, his former master in, in Rogue. But this is something where the two of them are, you might say, on the same level. Whereas with Ogion, at first he's above, and then he says, you're going to be much greater than I am. And there's there's a vast age difference. So what what's happening with Vet? I do want to start out by talking about one thing that Le Guin brings up, and this is once they're actually back together on the Isle of Ismay. They've met up again, and she tells us, this is long before they actually leave, that the love between them was strong and steadfast, unshaken by time or chance. And that's really quite something, because if you think about friendships, what what make friendships the friendships that we enjoy? There's a vast variety of friendships as philosophers have, you know, made clear from ancient times. Think about Aristotle and his discussion of three main kinds of friendships and then others as well in Nicomachean Ethics books eight and nine or Cicero's entire work on friendship. Love, affection, uh, you know, a kind of attachment to each other, a well-wishing, a care for each other. That is part of friendship. We delight in being with the friend and strong and steadfast, a constancy to it and unshaken by the distance in time. Many years have actually passed or chance where we happen to be. If we're really friends with somebody, then we can take up that friendship, even though things have changed, even though we have aged, even though we may have different preoccupations and new attachments to others, 
we can take that friendship back up. We've we've got place for that person in our hearts. Now, how does this come to pass? Well, we need to go to Roke in order to see how this is developing. The first person his own age that the young Sparrowhawk meets at Roke is this jerk Jasper who he's a rival with. But shortly after that, he meets Vetch. This is at the long table of the refectory where he's sitting down to eat the noon meal. And we see that, here we go, Jasper took Ged to sit with a heavyset fellow named Vetch, who said nothing much but shoveled in his food with a will. He had the accent of the East Reach and was very dark of skin, not red-brown like like Ged and Jasper and most folk of the archipelago, but black-brown. He was plain and his manners were not polished. He grumbled about the dinner when he had finished it, but then turning to Ged, it said, at least it's not a like so much around here, it sticks to your ribs. Ged did not know what he meant, but he felt a certain liking for him and was glad when after the meal he stayed with them. And so there's some commonalities there. You know, Ged is from Gaunt and not one of the big cultured centers like Jasper is. And so maybe he feels a little bit more at ease with Vetch. Vetch is also <laughs> speaking his mind, not talking in riddles or anything like that. A little bit later, there's some playing around. Vetch tells him, that's the imminent grove. We can't come there yet. He and Jasper and Vetch, Gent, are going around. And Jasper is saying, let's do some magic tricks. Ged isn't ready for it. Vetch says, let him be a while. And, you know, we have this this constant, you could say, theme of Jasper pushing, Ged responding out of rivalry and envy, and Vetch saying, listen, guys, let's be reasonable. A little bit later in that same chapter, we see that Ged is wrapped in his cloak on the mattress in his cold, unlit cell of stone. Darkness surrounded him, dread filled him. He wished he was anywhere but rogue. But Vetch came to the door, a little bluish ball of wear light nodding over his head to light the way, and asked if he could come in and talk. He asked Ged about Gaunt, then spoke fondly of his own home isles of the East Reach, telling how the smoke of village hearth fires is blown across that quiet sea at evening between the small islands with funny names. Corp, Cop, and Hope, Venway, Vemish, Ifish, Coppish, and Sneg. When he sketched the shapes of those lands on the stones of the floor with his finger to show Ged how they lay, the lines he drew shone dim as if drawn with a stick of silver for a while before they faded. Vetch had been three years at the school and soon would be made sorcerer. He thought no more of performing the lesser arts of magic than a bird thinks of flying, yet a greater unlearned skill he possessed, which was the art of kindness. So we're getting to see Vetch's character here. He's a genuine person. He looks after somebody who he can tell is on his own and feeling lonely and feeling out of place, welcoming, extending friendship to, to Ged. This is very important. It also puzzles Ged a bit that Vetch likes Jasper and is willing to hang out with him. He's not quite sure about why that's happening, but it's not taking away from what Vetch is providing Ged. We see that Ged makes another friend, a little furry friend, the Otak. The creatures found only on the four southern isles of the archipelago, small and sleek with broad faces, dark fur, brown or brindle and great bright eyes. Their teeth are cruel, their temper fierce, so they're not made pets of. Ged stroked this one 
And it woke and yawned, showing a small brown tongue and white teeth, but it was not afraid. Otak, he said. Then remembering the thousands of the names of beasts he'd learned in the tower, he called it by its true name in the old speech, Hoeg, do you want to come with me? And the Otak hangs out with him and Vetch says, wow, that's, that's really cool. You know, they say Sparrowhawk, a man favored by a wild beast is a man to whom the old powers of stone and spring will speak in human voice. So... That's going on. Now, it's also important to note that in the wizard's duel, which as Vetch points out, they're not supposed to be doing, right, between Jasper and Ged, when Ged opens up this rift between this world and another, between the light and the darkness, who is it that rushes to his aid. Jasper hides his face. The other apprentices run away. Of course, the Archmage is going to be coming and closing up the rift. But what we see is Vetch. Vetch alone ran forward to his friend. Only he saw the lump of shadow that clung to Ged, tearing at his flesh. Vetch sobbed with horror, yet he put out his hands to try to pull the thing away from Ged. Before he touched it, he was bound still, unable to move, right? And so Vetch is the only one of all of those fellow sorcerers in training who reaches out, who tries to do anything. And afterwards, he comes to, to Ged. He's been taking care of the Otak, Sparrowhawk. At the sound of the voice, Ged raised his eyes. It was Vetch standing there, solid and foursquare as, as ever, his black, blunt face older, but his smile unchanged. On his shoulder crouched a little beast, brindle-furred and bright-eyed. He stayed with me while you were sick, and now I'm sorry to part with him, and sorrier to part with you, Sparrowhawk, but I'm going home. Here, Hoig, go to your true master. Vetch patted the otak and set it down on the floor. It went and sat on Ged's pallet and began to wash its fur. Ged says, I thought you wouldn't come to me, Vetch. Vetch says, I couldn't come to you. The master herbal forbade me. And since winter, I've been with the master in the grove. I wasn't free until I earned my staff. Listen, when you are free, come to the East Reach. I will be waiting for you. There's good cheer in the little towns and wizards are well received. And they talk a bit more. And Vetch says, I don't see you staying here in rooms and books, but far seas and the fire of dragons and the towers of cities. Vetch says, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And Vetch says, I will go home to see my brothers and the sister you've heard me speak of. I left her a little child. Soon she'll be having her naming. It's strange to think of. I'll find me a job of wizardry somewhere along, among the little isles. Oh, I would stay and talk with you, but I can't. My ship goes out tonight and the tide is turned already. And then something happens. Something is done that is very important. Vetch gives Ged his true name. He says, if you ever need for me, send for me. Call on me by my name, Estariel. At that, Ged lifted his scarred face, meeting his friend's eyes. Estariel, my name is Ged. Then quietly they bade each other farewell. Vetch turned and went down the stone hallway and left Roke. Ged stood still a while, like one who has received great news and must enlarge his spirit to receive it. It was a great gift Vetch had given him the knowledge of his true name. No one knows a man's true name but himself and his namer. He may choose at length to tell it to his brother or his wife or his friend. Yet even those few will never use it where any third person may hear it. In front of other people, they will, like other people, call him by his use name, his nickname, such a name as Sparrowhawk and Vetch and Ogion, which means fire cone. Who knows a man's name holds that man's life in his keeping. Thus, to Ged, who had lost faith in himself, Vetch had given that gift only a friend can give the proof of 
unshaken, unshakable trust. This is something that restores confidence, life even, to, to Ged, who has been wavering after this terrible thing that has happened. And Estariel or Vetch is going to help Ged out in dealing with that at the end, at Ismay. He welcomes Ged into his house and his family. We see that he encounters Ged as Ged is chasing the shadow. He says, he heard a man and a girl talking merrily as they came down the street past him towards the town square. All at once he turned for he knew the man's voice. He followed and caught up with the pair. Coming up beside them in the late twilight, the girl stepped back, but the man stared at him, then flung up the staff he carried, holding it between them as a a barrier to ward off the threat or act of evil. And that was somewhat more than Ged could bear. His voice shook a little as he said, I thought you would know me, Vetch. Even then, Vetch hesitated for a moment. I do know you. Then lowered the staff and took Ged's hand and hugged him around the shoulders. I do know you. Welcome, my friend. Welcome. What a sorry greeting I gave you. And then he says, well, what's going on? What's up with that? Well, I also saw you three days ago. Well, that was my shadow. And we'll talk about that elsewhere. So he tells Ged in the true speech, in trouble and from darkness you come, Ged, yet your coming is joy to me. And he introduces him to his sister, takes him into his house. And he says, though he was the chief wizard in the whole island of Ifich, he made his home in Ismay, this small town where he had been born, living with his youngest brother and sister. And they stay up all night talking together. There's a lot of back and forth talking about the situation that Ged is in. And Vetch is going to give him good counsel and, you know, some back and forth dialogue about it. But he's also going to tell him that he shouldn't be prideful, that Ged told him what's going on. Vetch sat sat pondering for a long while and then said, I'll go with you, Ged. No, I think I will. No, Estario, this is no task or bane of yours. I began this evil course alone. I will finish it alone. I do not want any other to suffer from it. You, least of all, who tried to keep my hand from the evil act in the very beginning. And so Ged is actually making a very good argument here, saying, listen, buddy, you were the only person who actually tried to keep me from doing this stupid thing. And then you stood there, tried to save me. You've done way more than you need to do. And Estariel or Vetch says to him, Pride was ever your mind's master. Now think, it is your quest assuredly, but if the quest fails, should there not be another who might bear warning to the archipelago? For the shadow would be a fearful power then. If you defeat the thing, should there not be another who will tell of it in the archipelago that the deed may be known and sung? I know I can be of no use to you, yet I think I should go with you. So to Ged's good argument, Astariel or Vetch makes a great counter argument. If this thing takes control of you, somebody's got to be there to like do you in or at least sink the boat or take the news back to the archipelago that evil's on its way. And if you do survive, somebody has to tell everybody about this. So that's very important. Well, he commits to helping Ged. Then the final chapter, the open sea, is the two of them sailing, you know, aisle after aisle in the reaches, going past last land to confront Ged's shadow. They sail even further and what they find is, you know, either an illusion or a reality of dry land that they wind up in. Ged confronts the shadow, beats it, if you can say so, uh, rather reincorporates what was taken into himself. And then there's a moment of worry. 
Ged says, Astario, look, it's done. It's over. He laughed. The wound is healed. I'm whole. I'm free. Then he bent over and hid his face in his arms, weeping like a boy. Until that moment, Vetch had watched him with an anxious dread, for he was not sure what had happened there in the dark land. He did not know if this was Ged in the boat with him, and his hand had been for hours ready to the anchor to stave in the boat's planking and sink her there in mid-sea. Rather than carry back to the harbors of Earthsea, the evil thing that he feared might have taken Ged's look and form. Now when he saw his friend and heard him speak, his doubt vanished. And so... What we find then, the song that Vetch sang aloud now as he held the boat westward going before the cold wind of the winter night that blew at their backs from the vastness of the open sea is only in silence the word, only in dark the light, only in dying life, bright the hawk's flight on the empty sky. They sail back and the book ends by talking about Astariel or Vetch. If Astariel Avifich kept his promise and made a song of that great first deed of Ged's. It has been lost. There's a tale told in the east reach of a boat that ran aground days out from any shore over the abyss of ocean. In Ifish, they say it was Astariel who sailed that boat, but in Tak, they say it was two fishermen blown by a storm far out on the open sea. And in Hope, the, uh, the tale is of a hopeless fisherman and tells he could not move his boat. So of the song of the shadow, there remains only a few scraps of legend carried like driftwood from isle to isle over the long years. But in the deed of Ged, nothing is told of that voyage, nor of Ged's meeting with the shadow. And, you know, that is where it, it ends. And so it's fitting that we have things kind of left hanging, but we have this wonderful friendship, so instrumental to Ged being able to ultimately confront his shadow, aided by his friend Vetch or Astario. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.